Welcome back to the Daughters of the Moon podcast. We're grateful you can join us for another week. We sure are. And we are very lucky. We have a special guest, Michelle Dion. Michelle is a senior yoga and meditation instructor, as well as a mental health and chronic illness advocate. She is also a mother of two adult children and a sweet rescue dog named Yogi. Very cute. <laughs> Due to the multiple chronic illnesses and ongoing treatments that suppress her immune system, which prevents her from safely being around people, she's not currently able to be able to do what she loves teaching. But being the positive person that she is, instead of focusing on what she can't do, Michelle turned her attention towards her other passions, painting, reading, writing, editing, and proofreading. She used the downtime that the pandemic provided to take many courses, resulting in professional editing certification. She also has completed a proofreading courses to further her knowledge and will continue to further her education as time and energy allow. Navigating chronic illnesses, relationships, and life is a constant, ever-changing experience. It is Michelle's hope that through her writings and teachings, she can offer others going through similar experiences, hope, guidance, and support. And I'm very lucky because Michelle, at one point when she was well, was my yoga teacher. So welcome, nice. Michelle. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, we're we're really excited, and and, and I, that is how we our history is. Is a, I started with you doing yoga, oh, quite a long time ago. Like Had to be probably twelve years ago. Really? Yeah, really. Wow. Yeah. And wow. in basement church, and we love that. And doing your yoga retreats that you put on, and then doing some meditation course with you and wellness days. So that was really great because we were in such a small little town <laughs> to have those things available. So you know, what is your your journey? I know that since then you've you've gotten an illness, and can you just walk us through some of how your journey has been with that? Mm, for sure. So. I kind of knew that. Um, so I started teaching yoga in 2012, which is how we met. And that like that feels like forever ago. And um, for like, I don't know, five years, I was hard and strong. I taught full time. I did meditation retreats, wellness days, taught for in the prisons, it taught in uh, retirement homes. I just went full out and I, I really, really loved it. I loved it so much. And then there was a, it was probably about 2017, 2018, something kind of, dare I say, slowed me down kind of thing. And I just, you know, oh, it's perimenopause. Oh, it's just, I'm really busy. Oh, I have, you know, two adult kids that are transitioning from, you know, being in high school to moving out and going into their lives, going to post-secondary. So I just kind of pushed it all to the side and said, eh, it's just, it's just life. But unfortunately, it just kept persisting and persisting and to the point where um, it was I was exhausted, like I, I was fatigued to the point where there were days I could not even get out of bed. And for me, that is just unheard of. Like most people who know me are like, I'm a go, 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 go <laughs> kind of woman, right? So I went to, uh, went to my doctor and we ran pretty much every test that you can imagine. And couldn't find anything that was going on so I was labeled as fibromyalgia and which makes complete sense I hit all the the ticks the boxes and whatnot so I kind of changed my life my schedule a little bit to allow for a little bit more resting a little bit more um, downtime to give my body time to bounce back I just couldn't bounce back like I used to and then uh, 
um, I kind of uh, got really sick. So I went to India for a month, which was fantastic. But <laughs> my, uh, my, I guess my excitement of being there, my excitement of being there with my dear friend Kusho, who's a Tibetan Buddhist monk, and he was taking me all across India to show me all the really neat places from the beaches of Goa all the way up to the Himalayan mountains to go to the Dalai Lama's residence. Like we went and traveled so much and I never gave myself a downtime. And I don't even remember sleeping properly to even get acclimatized to the 12 hour time change difference. Yeah. And it, it was huge. <laughs> like that's a big one. Yeah. So I wore myself out. And then halfway through that month, I invited people from Canada to come and join me. And we did a, a yoga and meditation retreat as well. So then we went to the <laughs> The Gandhi, like, I just, you know, I don't have enough to do. So I'm just going to keep putting it on my plate. And unfortunately, that that beautiful experience, which I will hold deeply in my heart forever, it, um, I brought back a really severe case of pneumonia with me. And that pneumonia almost killed me. I was in the hospital, I almost died. Um, so it kind of brought a few things into perspective. But it also damaged my lungs so bad that I it took me about six, seven months to be able to bounce back to be able to be off of an inhaler to be able to um, have some kind of normally normalness of life. Now, um, in that time, I couldn't even teach like it, it was really it was a really hard shocking time for me, but I found some strength and I did another class just before another session before Christmas. And then we came to uh, um, 2019 and 2019, I was able to go to, um, I don't know, do a lot of different things. So I thought, I thought I was <laughs> I'm all better now. I can go right back to my old schedule. And unfortunately, no, not even close. I tried it. My health got worse and worse and worse. And then um, when the, uh, probably January of 2020 to February of 2020, I said, you know what, I think I need to go somewhere warmer. I, I'm just not feeling well. So my my husband at the time said, you know what, let's get you down to Mexico. It's your your happy place. So I went and lived in Ensenada by myself with my little dog um, <laughs> for two months. And I felt amazing. And it could be because there was sunshine. It could be because the air was more humid. Mm -hmm. um, could just be the fact that I had beach therapy every single day, <laughs> whatever, whatever it was, I really felt really good there. But, and I was supposed to have stayed longer, but then that's when the pandemic started happening. And I drove down to Mexico. So I had to drive back. So I knew that was going to take me well, it should have taken most people four days or so. But we packed up our stuff, Yogi and I in our bags and all our stuff in the truck. And I went across the, the border from Mexico into the San Diego area. And at that border, there was like this mad panic because the, the coronavirus, the COVID-19 was already starting to hit in, um, in uh, the San Diego airport. So I was very lucky that when I crossed that border, it was only a couple days later that they closed that border. So wow, wow. I would have actually been stuck in Mexico, <laughs> which wouldn't have been horrible, but I needed to be with, and it, it was important I came home. So I was so scared of like not making it into Canada that I literally drove for a whole day straight. Like I drove, I stopped um, in Salt Lake City overnight and then drove all the rest of the way home. So basically from Ensenada to Edmonton, Alberta in two days, <laughs> so, uh -huh. but I wanted to make sure I got across that border. 
And I'm grateful that I did because then, as we all know, by March, it was just a, well, a show, right? It was a yeah. show. So also during that time, uh, my my ex-spouse and I, we had had an acreage out in the Toefield area where uh, I was lucky enough to teach my yoga. And we sold our acreage because our plan was to move into an RV and be able to pull the RV wherever I needed to be for my health during the year. So back wow. in Canada for the, you know, summers, because we have wonderful summers. Yeah. Also be in like the Mexico or the Belize areas for winter, because those were the places that really fed my soul. And I was uh, lucky that I could take what I was doing anywhere in the world, because I did a lot of stuff online. So I was pretty lucky that way. But COVID had completely other plans for us, right? <laughs> <laughs> we were shut down. So here we were in this beautiful brand new trailer, stuck and and not in a bad way, but we were stuck in a, a a kind of a wintering place where you could winter in your trailer up in by Gibbons. And so here we are having this incredibly cold winter <laughs> in an RV, which is harder than it sounds. It, it's not. I can imagine. <laughs> um, and at the same time I was getting sicker and sicker and sicker so finally my doctor was like hey we got to send you to some other specialists because something is just like there's no reason for you to be getting sicker because you're doing everything that you're supposed to do so you know and here's where COVID was kind of a blessing in my world so because there was COVID, very few people were going to specialists and doctors. So I found, uh, I got a specialist, uh, a rheumatologist, and my doctor put in a request like they do to see a specialist. And within two weeks, I got in to see her, which is like unheard of for a specialist. And I was one of her first patients. And because it was COVID, she had all this extra time to really like what is wrong with this crazy body? Because it's so interesting. There was nothing that was kind of, there was no check mark, no books, no nothing that was saying this is what's wrong. So she put me through a gamut of tests that um, no other doctor had done and sent me for full body scans. And I completely lucked out because uh, a couple of the chronic illnesses that I have are extremely rare and it just so happened that on my full body pet scan the gentleman who read my scan had just taken a rare chronic illness course and had stuff fresh in his mind and so when I went through that scan he was like oh my gosh this woman has mesenteric paniculitis wow. and it is rare rare and then on top of that, it was discovered that I also have IgG4 related disease. So basically, my immune system loves to attack me, myself from the inside. So it attacks my lungs, it attacks my liver, it attacks my lacrimal gland, which is your tear gland in your eye. And it attacks my uh, mesenteric, which is the lining in your, your belly that holds all your organs in place. So they're not all, you know, having a party in there. Yeah. <laughs> So in a way, I got super lucky because had he not taken that course during the pandemic, because everything slowed down, had the pandemic not happened, I might have not gotten this particular um, specialist. So it just all worked out. Um, then the downside to that was, well, how do we how do we deal with this? Because there's no there's no protocols for it. And unfortunately, when there's no protocols for something, it's really hard to get coverage for it because they want to only cover what they know is going to work. 
That's right. Yeah. That's right. So it, it's hard, right? Um, so th- my doctor and I, we both did a whole bunch of research. I was given access to lots of medical um, kind of uh, interesting information, testing, theories, all that stuff, because my doctor knows I'm a researcher as well. And <laughs> we found out that I'm the only woman on the planet uh, that's documented to have IgG4 related disease that's causing mesenteric paniculitis. So we have nothing to go on. So we had to do a lot of trial and error. And unfortunately, some medications are harsher than others um, and can do more damage than good. And that happened to me. So we had a lot of, you know, oh, we got to pivot. Oh, we have to pivot. We have to pivot. So it made me feel sicker and sicker because not only were the drugs not working, they were also the side effects were causing me some, um, some really bad stuff, really, really bad stuff. And then my doctor, my rheumatologist said, well, you know what, I did some research and I found something that I think might work. And I said, well, let's bring it on. Well, of course, our our, um, lovely Alberta government uh, (laughs) did not cover it uh, because it was like a trial. There was no no documentation that says this would work. So Mm -hmm. I was very lucky that Pfizer, who's the one who created this particular drug that I take, um, said, you know what, we'll pay for it because uh, A, it's our drug. And two, if this helps further on, you know, that we can find something that could help other people, this is a bonus. So then that was my journey of turning into a medical guinea pig. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm okay with. Do they know know what caused it originally? Like, they had no idea. Um, they, there is, um, kind of a theory, which I'm starting to, uh, I, I am a science person, but I'm also a very woo woo person. So I, I do have a little bit of both of that in me. And I'm really starting to believe that, um, our mental health is really affected and connected to our physical health. And as the pandemic happened, as extra stress and pressures happened in my life, um, I think trying to be the strong one all the time, I just buried, 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 didn't manage, didn't, you know, always there for others, but didn't take care of myself. You know, like the the mechanics whose cars are broken, but everyone else is, is perfect. Yeah, right. yeah. That's kind yeah. of, I think, what happened with me. And so I think my body was just like, no, enough, like enough, like we can't do this anymore. Um, and unfortunately, there's a lot of autoimmune diseases that there's just not a, a clear line of how did that happen um, and how to to fix it and how to um, change it. So there's a lot of Band-Aid support because we just don't know the root cause and the root reason for things to happen. Um, now, with that being said, um, with the right treatment, so the treatment that I had is like a chemotherapy treatment. Um, it suppresses my my B cells and your B cells is part of your immune system that helps heal infections and all that, you know, important stuff that you need. Um, so I literally walk around with, with half of an immune system. And then the other half is suppressed a little bit as well so that it just kind of keeps me alive kind of thing. So mm-hmm. it, it's a little bit challenging and, and which is why it's really challenging for me to be out in 
um, in really busy places, like when the, as the winter's coming on, um, you won't see me in malls, you won't see me in places where there's a lot of people. And if I do have to go, I'm masked up. And it's just because I just don't have the, the immune system to fight anything. But with that being said as well, right now I'm in the middle of treatments. So um, because it is winter, because COVID is rising again, um, I had to come off all of my meds and um, kind of let my body recreate an immune system so that I could get the flu shot and the updated COVID shot because I need every little bit of help I can get because as soon as they take my immune system again, I'm at the mercy of like the common cold could take me out. So right. it's important to, to, you know, to be proactive in that case. So the pain level right now, I'm okay, but it's definitely higher than what I would normally be at. So but I'm learning yeah. Sorry. Is there some genetics that come with that too? Or did you look into that end of it? Yeah, we definitely looked yeah. into that and we just can't find anything. Like I, 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 they, they really call me a unicorn, a medical unicorn because of the, the different things that are going on with me. They just, they, there's just no family history to support it. There's no, there, there's nothing like, oh. yeah, unfortunately. So, but yeah. I'm not, um, cutting that path off um <laughs> I, like I said I'm a I'm a, a guinea pig for them and so I try all these different things for the doctors and in the hopes that potentially I'll be able to my my kind of my experience will maybe help somebody else if this happens to somebody else or even a mix of it right so exactly. yeah absolutely but I think you can relate to that mom because when you got really sick when we were young I think a lot of yours also was brought on by just stress and overdoing it, making sure everybody else was right. Cause yeah. you were a single mom and you were doing all yeah. of that. And then, and then you got sick. Yeah. Yeah. I got Lyle's E and Barry syndrome, mm -hmm. uh, which is at that time was very uncommon. I guess it's a little more common today, but it, you know, it, yeah, it took me right down. Almost nothing. I was so close to death. It was crazy. But I mean, you know, I'm interested in what you're talking about. I have a niece that has all kinds of problems. And um, I'm going to write down the information you've given us today because she's, they've been testing her for everything and they just cannot find what's going on. And um, uh, they, at one point it was MS and then no, it wasn't. And then it was fibromyalgia. And yeah, it could be a little bit of that and a little bit of this. So, you know, like, um, yeah, maybe this conversation right here has really helped Tiffany and find out her path of where she needs to be traveling to so awesome really yeah like can, yeah yeah did, so did you did you find the fell that you had to be really an advocate for yourself to push these things through like Good like question. were the doctors offering it up or were you just like you were really being an advocate about it uh, it's both um my doctors um know that i will read everything and anything i will research I'm a pubmed.com, which is uh, um, uh, the public website for anything that's been researched and then peer reviewed. Uh, I, I research like crazy. So the one thing that I think they both appreciated and also rolled their eyes at was this chick's not just going to sit back and take take no for an answer. She's going to go for it. So um, definitely um, there is a beautiful relationship with my rheumatologist, my internist, 
my um, endometriosis specialist and my family doctor, they call each other, they talk to each other, they send, we send emails to each other with here's Beautiful. something. So I've been able to really curate and create a, a really amazing medical team. And I know that does not happen for everybody. And it's very rare. But I think because of my rareness of what's going on with me, um, they are very curious to figure this out. And there's been some stuff studies published about me so that again, like it's helping them to help other people as well. Um, but if I was not an advocate um, for myself, I don't, I, I still believe my current doctors would have gotten to this place, but I, I strongly encourage people to be an advocate for themselves. And if they cannot be to reach out to someone who could be, yeah. because sometimes doctors, they love to, and not all of them, but a lot of specialists really think that they are all that in a bag of chips and they'll <laughs> people um, and they won't actually answer questions. So um, I'm good at going in with a list of questions, a list of resources, um, possibilities of how we can move forward. So our our, our conversations, our, our, our meetings, our doctor's appointments are really um like good they're good like we're we're accomplishing stuff and it's important for people to go hey this is my life this is my body um i need to fight for it and i'm definitely i fight for it yeah oh, good yeah. yeah you keep going with that too absolutely you know, yeah do your best you know the absolute best yeah. is so important i agree yeah. yeah so do you think you you said was interesting you said about mental health and relation to the body and the diseases that we get and sicknesses and things like that so do you think that because of all of your beliefs and some of the woo-woo stuff do you think that actually helped you through this experience as you navigate through it 150 million percent uh, <laughs> and also being um so over a year ago my husband and i separated and he was the love of my life, not going to lie. But, and I thought I could not have life without him. I didn't know what life would look like. We had been together since we were 16 years old. So, you know, married for over 28 years, together almost 32 years. Like it's, that's a big chunk of a person's life. Yes, and uh, I was devastated. And so when I went through that deep grief that I experienced and loss, um, I, I was overwhelmed because up until this point, I was so good at helping other people that I was not quite sure how to help myself through something like this. And I discovered that by me not taking care of my own mental health, by me not acknowledging my my feelings, my grief, my loss, and not just the loss of a relationship, but the loss of a body that no longer does what I want it to do. <laughs> it just has a mind of its own. <laughs> the, the loss of my passion of being able to teach, um, the loss of relationships in in respect that some when you sometimes separate with people, there's relationships that were only there because you were a couple and you know are no longer there. Um, so I had to really find out a way to grieve all that, to go through all that. And, and I did. And it was through walking, lots of walking, moving those emotions. It was through journaling. It was through talking to um, different kinds of therapists. And I was super lucky to be, because of my my medical situation, um, I was lucky to be put in some pilot programs to see different ways of offering mental health support to Emmetonians. So I'm hoping that my experience, again, will bring 
access to mental health to more people quicker, (laughs) quicker, (laughs) right? Um, My yoga, uh, and then my family and friends. I I was um, overwhelmed by the amount of people that showed up for me. And and their response was, well, you were there for us. Why wouldn't we be there for you? But when you're in the middle of that darkness, you you can't see that. So um, and it, and that's OK. That's OK. You need to go into that darkness. You need to go through that grief. You need to go through those emotions. Um, so part of my my new mission is I'm working with an organization to become um, to be able to help people more through that grief. Because it's that grief, once I let go of that grief, and that anger, and that sadness, and not saying I still don't have it, but once I was able to release it, my health improved. Like I'm here talking to you guys today, (laughs) without any drugs in my like the main the hard drugs, we'll call them the heavy duty chemo drugs. Um, And a year ago, this would have been impossible. But letting some of that go that mental health stuff, really checking in with that, help lighten my body. So I want to, that's my next mission. Next year, I'm going to be offering more grief support courses and stuff. Next year is a very exciting year. <laughs> well, and that's that's amazing and, and inspiring, right? Because you came from a teaching place and you're still going to be teaching. So like that's, that's your mission, although the box you're presenting in it has maybe changed a little bit I I think that it's it's great that you can share this experience with us and our followers because I think there's a lot of people out there that are struggling and I think mental health is a huge thing in today's world I think the pandemic shifted that into overload for a lot of people and a lot of people are struggling to find their way out um and don't want to be labeled and don't want to, you know, but it is debilitating. It does hold you in your spot. I think when you have those mental health and you're not dealing with them. Yeah. And there's so many, so much mental health today. Yeah. yeah it's like twofold from what it was. So, yeah, it's important that you're doing that. Thanks. Yeah. Awesome. It's my pleasure. And that's in it. And it excites me to be able to get back into that teaching mode. Like uh, that's another, um, I think bonus of the whole pandemic is that being able to do things virtually now is so normal. It's so normal. And people who, you know, three, four years ago were like, oh, I don't know computers well enough. I don't know technology well enough would have not been so open to, oh, you're going to teach a class on zoom. Okay. Send me the link. Like it, that has changed. And so that now has going to allow me to be able to, um, to reach out to people again so i'm hoping in this in in the new year i'm going to be doing a yoga class a meditation class and a grief class um during the week um and from my comfort and safety of my little cocoon nest that i have created right so um it, it's a it's a beautiful gift to give and you're right there are so many people who do not have the the means or the finances to access mental health. And I think personally that it should be just as important as being able to see a medical doctor, if not more important. And the fact that our government does not make space for that, they, they, they talk a good talk. Mental health is important. But have you checked some of the prices for just local? So I'm just talking Edmonton area therapists, counselors, yeah. they're like, hundred to two hundred dollars an hour 
I don't yeah. know anybody who has benefits that can cover more than one or two sessions. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's the problem. Like I'm very lucky because I have benefits. So it covers any kind of that stuff to a limit, Yeah. but still it limits what, and depending on what you're going through, you may need that extra and it is frustrating and you're right. Cause like my, my therapist is 120, but I have someone else that has, it's 220. So, you know, yeah, how does that change? So have a thousand dollars a year per person. That's only five visits. Yeah. Before you're paying it out of your pocket. Yeah. And most people cannot afford them. That's right. Correct. Correct. And um, I have a lot of uh, uh, friends who are psychologists and counselors. And even they say, like, it's just, they need at least 10 sessions. The first two sessions, sometimes three is them getting to know you. The fourth session is, okay, let's really dive in here and let's start picking one thing and working with that and then finding the layers. So having two or three, even four sessions, you're not going to see the results that you would like. And the other piece to that would be just because you go to a therapist doesn't mean that's the right therapist for you. So my opinion would be that I would love it if therapists offered you your first session for free so that you can have an opportunity to have a conversation with them. And are we a fit? Are you the right person to help me with some, you know, stuff that's going on in my my mental health area? Um, I think that would go a long way too to helping people access mental health because a lot of people don't trust mental health practitioners because some really aren't good <laughs> no they're not and i know people that are going for mental health therapy and uh i come back with the wrong diagnosis and um you know been put into mental institutions or something like that when it should never have happened right and yeah so it's good what you're doing it's um yeah it is and um, and i agree with you because my i was very lucky because my therapist that i go to we did do a meet and greet for free business through zoom we met and was like okay here's how i am here's how i practice what are you looking for okay if you think we're a fit after this conversation then here's my line to book me right which i really appreciated because yeah then i had an idea about how she worked what she was going to do because she's into a lot of alternative things the eft and and some of the guided imagery and and essentials oils and things like that so that's different from whatever what everybody's looking for yeah so i appreciate what you say and i agree i think the first one should be a like a meet and greet and how do we fit together and how will we move forward and tackle actually just recently my doctor quit on me he moved back to his own country and um so they appointed someone else so i made an appointment to go in and she says to me so the first you haven't met him yet. I said, no. She says, so we'll do a meet and greet then. And I thought, whoa, cool. You know, um, so they're not going to say that's who you're going to be with or anything. That's very nice. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of smartened up. Whoops. Did I say that a lot? <laughs> I did. <laughs> no, but you're right. Like, um, I working with the, the amount of different um, organizations that deal with seniors, for example, um, you know, here's our government offering kindly, you know, government assistance to seniors who needs it. Not a lot, like they're below the poverty line. We can't let them get ahead. 
but they should also be offering them mental health support because here they are in a position of needing that probably the most, the most vulnerable of our societies should be getting mental health support and not having to pay it out of the, you know, out of our yin yang side of thing or beyond these extraordinarily long wait lists. Yeah. Right. Like it, it doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. So it's part of my kind of my mission is um, having navigated the system myself. Now um, my, um, my doctors know kind of how verbal I'm becoming about this simply because I now have experienced if my mental health is taken care of, my physical health is easier to manage this period. So why are we not investing into, into the mental health of people, especially the ones who, you know, the disabled, the ill, the, you know, they, they need that. They need someone to talk to Mm -hmm. and it's not available. Yeah. No, 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 it, no, no. It is frustrating because you feel like you're banging up against the wall. And and I think it's easy because for so long, doctors just are like, here's a script, take some depression medicine, you'll be okay, you know, go home, have a nice bath. Like that's how it feels, Sometimes, the message yeah. they're delivering yeah. to you yeah. when it should be, you know, this is okay. And we all have issues and we need to get through it. And sometimes, we need help to get through that. Yeah, yeah, we do. And there's nothing wrong with having help. Rather, it's, you know, reaching out to somebody that's professional or reaching out like you did. You had your nice community, you know, support with family and friends. And I think that needs to be brought more. So I think that's wonderful that you're advocating for that for yourself and for other people. And I'm excited to see where you'll go with it and, that's really, really cool. Your story is interesting too. And I like the way you shared your story with us too, because that will help some other people find stories that are more too. What's wrong with them? Um, you know, like my brother has polymyalgia. I've never heard of that either before. And, um, you know, so much of it seems like the myalgia side. So, yeah, you did get another, you know, way of looking into see who could possibly be that too for others, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. And you're writing a book about your experience, my yeah. understanding. Yeah, I actually have, I've written one book already. I have it here with me. I don't know if you can see it. Oh, I can't see it. Um, it's called The Darkest Time. And when I was in my darkest time last year after the separation and my life literally just getting all bungled up, one of my best ways for me to kind of manage my mental health without having a, a resource to talk to somebody at that point yet was writing and writing and it all came out into poetry and I was like huh that's interesting I didn't know I was a poet like I really didn't and just off of a whim um I put in um there was you know how sometimes our phones listen to us and so I'm scrolling I think it was Instagram and there was this do you are you a poet why don't you enter a poem and see if you would be qualified to get a book published? And I was like, that's kind of weird. I just wrote a few poems. So I put <laughs> in, and they responded back saying, yeah, we loved it. Like, can you write more? We'll, we'll do a book with you. And then they want two more books, two more poem oh, books. Nice. So I'm working on that. Yeah. So that's exciting. And you can get that on Amazon. And then I'm also working on a couple of years ago, I created a, um, like a meditation self-help type uh, online program 
And uh, it was it, a lot of people went through it. And a lot of people had a lot of great results, great experiences. But I also know that I don't have the capacity sometimes to be on every single day. Because like I said, I don't know what every every day I wake up with a new body kind of thing. So I'm creating a book from that a, a workbook, a self help workbook, meditation type workbook. And it's very much going through a mental health journey to figure out um where you might need some extra support so oh here's a good area that you might want to talk to a therapist about or hey you're having this this might be a good conversation to have with a friend that you trust and and just offering a guidance so um that's i've been working on for quite a while it's just taking me a little bit more time because i would um when i have conversations when i teach i sometimes feel like i'm being taken over by a, something else that's guiding me and so <laughs> when i'm going to write it i'm like how did i say that i can't remember what i said or how i did it so it's just helping i need to go through it myself a few times to make sure yeah this makes sense because sometimes it makes sense for my brain but doesn't always you know translate <laughs> but yeah so yeah. doing that yeah Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, I remember when you taught us that you would be like that. You'd like have this plan of here's kind of what our plan is for today, whether we were meditating or do. And then you'd like go be off and then you'd be like, I don't know where that came from, but I guess that's what we need to do. Right. <laughs> and I, I love that because I feel like we're all connected that way. And yeah. I think when we share that out, it's it's uncanny the way that the universe and our higher conscious and that yeah, yeah. collectiveness yeah. consciousness takes over right and so maybe there was somebody that was in your class that needed that right yeah. and I know there was a couple of different experiences that I went into with you and I think the one I'd like to share with you if you don't mind is when you did a meditation with us the one time and you were talking about music and you played that indie airy song I am light that was like life changing for me. And I often reflect on that because when I'm feeling like I'm not enough, that song pops back into my mind and that experience pops back into my mind. And so I'm so grateful for you for giving me that experience. Mm -hmm. And I think that people need to know that, right? Like by going out to these things and reaching out, trying these different things, um, it wasn't very really emotional. <laughs> Still emotional for me. But it was just so emotional because it's such a raw song that really just makes you have to do a lot of inner reflection. And so it was great because you were you were guided to do that. And that was an experience I take with me. So I just I want to share that with you and our listeners because you don't know, right, when that creative consciousness is coming in who is going to be impacted by it. Yeah. yeah. It, it's a beautiful thing. And I always say the universe has my back, has everyone's back. And when we allow that, that openness to receive, and, and that could be messages, it could be love, it could be support, it could be a kind word, just being open to receive amazing, beautiful, magical things can happen. Truly, truly, truly. And, um, you know, even even like going through the separation, which, you know, was hard. And there was a lot of kind of stuff behind the scenes that um, I'm not yet comfortable sharing. Um, but at the same time, now, po like I'm over a year, like, so we're more than a year from that. 
And I look back and I'm like, thank you, universe. Thank you so much. Oh, that Yogi. Yogi, <laughs> you have to put in his two cents. Uh, probably my Amazon delivery, to be honest with you. <laughs> Yogi, come here. That's funny. <laughs> but um, now I can look back and be like, thank the universe. I had no idea how much being in that relationship caused so much pain physically mentally emotionally and I also didn't know how amazing life can be with me just being on my own like I have had more blessings in the past year than than I ever thought possible in one year that I, that I would deserve um, and so even though sometimes we can get really stuck in that darkness, I, I now I totally believe that I can expand in in any way, shape or form possible. It's absolutely amazing. I think I'm going to have to just go check my door for a second. <laughs> so if you had to share something with our followers, what's one important message that you'd like to leave with them? Never give up. Be bold, be brave, and be you. Because nobody else on the planet can be as good as you are. Perfect. I love that. Yeah. And and your your famous motto, be the change you wish to see in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That's my, like, it's tattooed on my skin. <laughs> yeah, it's a constant reminder. But being the change, I think for me, that message is very much an outward experience. I want to be the change for other people. But I've also learned that it also means being the change for yourself. So be that bold, beautiful person that you are. Be authentic. Be open. Um, don't let fear rule your life. You know, even if you're not sure there, there's that unknown, it's okay to take the leap. It really, truly is. Because even if you fail, you've succeeded because then you've learned what doesn't work anymore. The yes. failure, you don't know how to succeed. Right. You need it. Um, it makes you strong. Yeah. It puts you back in the, the game. Yeah. Life. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So where can everybody find you? Well, you can find me on Facebook, Michelle Dion. Uh, you can find me on TikTok and on Instagram at the period chronic period yogi. Um, I, I called myself the chronic yogi because I'm a yogi who has a lot of chronic stuff going on, good and bad. Um, and definitely I'll be um, creating way more stuff as we progress. And I have like, like I said, so many ideas, so many things going to happen um, and I'm super excited, but I also want to extend the invitation that if anyone who's listening um, is going through a tough time, a separation, an illness, a change of life, a death, um, that grief is real and there's no timeline to deal with that. And if you need any extra support, please feel free to reach out because I've had a lot of experience <laughs> and um, I, I really want to be able to support people through that because I want people to live. I don't want grief to be the end of their life. I want grief to be a blip and then there's brightness on the other side. Let's live fully. So, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It was thank so you. fun and lovely to see your face again. <laughs> thank, you. So, thank you for joining us. We were so grateful for that. And, uh, Hopefully, stay well. Yeah, stay well. <laughs>
Yeah. Absolutely. And, and we will see everybody next week. Yes, sure will. Awesome. Thanks, ladies.